0: Seattle Sports Station presents The KJ Wright Show.
1: The ball is intercepted. KJ Wright reaches up about 13 feet in the air. Number 15. Now every Wednesday with Brock and you hey, I like that. Brought to
2: you by Muckle Shoot Casino.
0: Yep, KJ's in the building. He's here. He's ready to go. Morning, morning. It's gonna be quite a day. Uh, yes, Richard Sherman will join us in thirty yes. minutes. Excited to hear you guys talk to each other, et cetera. This hour driven by Wescar Ford. How's your week, buddy? Week was good. Yeah, I had, I had a had
3: a moment yesterday. I was down. I was down in the dumps yesterday.
0: Because of the game or something else? No,
3: just um personal journey. Missing mm. ball yesterday hit me. Really, it hit me hard yesterday. What was it? Um, no, I don't know. You Just have like an empty feeling in you. Like you're not doing enough your day-to-day isn't enough and i was like this really sucks (laughs) so i went to the v-mac got my fix and um hung out with the fellas so i really needed to be around people yesterday
0: that's really cool that you can do that by the way is that one of the reasons i I know i know you you love it here in seattle and it's become home to you and all that it's funny because kyle and i were talking about how years ago we asked you if you were going to stick around seattle and you were like heck no i'm going back to mississippi (laughs) when this is all done is that one of the reasons you chose to stay here so that you would be close to those guys and be able to get that fix when you Ab- needed it? Absolutely. This is their, their family. I called
3: up Mo Kale. I said, hey, Mo, what time is practice? I got to get out the house. And he said, man, get your butt up here. Like, come on. And just to uh, get around the fellas. I know they're going through their own personal thing. And um, just to motivate them, inspire them, and just to get out the house and – um yeah, football, you know, I played my whole life, and it's just, you know, I was gone. Yeah, And so I I need to still just just be around it a little bit to get my fix, and um, that was much needed for me.
4: <laughs> Who gives you that counsel, KJ? Because that doesn't come natural to all guys when they mm-hmm. sometimes, and, and you, you'll have already seen this in your career, and you'll see it in the years to come with guys that then just go isolate Man. and guys that go inside and guys that, you know, try to numb some of that hurt or that pain or what have you. Uh, who who gave you maybe that inspiration or that push to, no, 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 no. This is when you need people around you. Well,
3: you know, it's funny you say that, Brock, because some of the guys are like, man, stay out of the V-Mac. Like, what are you doing? There? Like, it's over. I'm like, yes, I know it's over, but I could, st- I could still go and hang with the fellas. I'm not trying to go back and put on the number 50 jersey and a helmet and shoulder pads. I'm just going around to just get around people, mingle with guys, do something I'm very familiar with, engage with the fellas, put life into them. They pour life into me. That was much needed, and so um, yeah. That's just all on me to just go up there and just. Does the wife help?
4: The Does the wife help and say, you know, KJ, go get out of the house. My wife, she, she she
3: told me she said you need to go once a week. She's like, go up there once a week, get in a routine, go hang out with the with the fellas, Mo Kelly, and just go to meetings. She's like, get out the house. Hmm. Like, okay, I can do that, and um, so I did it. You know, yesterday I need to just create a routine. I'm in the building way more. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, so no, thanks, no I, thanks to the Seahawks.
0: Well, yes, but also good for you for understanding yourself and, and, and what you needed and going to take yeah. care of it. But uh, I do
4: wonder, honestly, KJ, as you just said that, you <laughs> snuck that in with Salk, thanks to the Seahawks. How many yeah. other organizations do that and have open mm-hmm. doors for former players?
3: I don't know. I don't know. I just know that um you know, I was with the, I was with the Raiders last year. Didn't I don't think I ever saw it. I don't think I ever saw a former I saw Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp came by one day. But they've
0: just moved. I mean it's not like everybody who's played there like lives in Vegas now, yeah. right? I mean, so maybe you see the guys when they come through to go to Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I believe that Warren Sapp came through to go to Vegas. <laughs> I totally believe that <laughs> <Yes>. happened. <laughs> yeah. But, but I didn't
4: see, I didn't in, I didn't see that in Indianapolis. I didn't see yeah. that in my years. But who wants with, to live with, in
0: Indianapolis?
4: I didn't see that in my it's, it's <laughs> a Peyton great thing. doesn't community even day. live in
0: Indianapolis anymore.
4: More. Stop it. It's a great community. I, I didn't see that, but people I, don't
0: choose to live there. They just I, end up there.
4: Other than Tez, and Tez would come back. And yep. Tez had a great relationship with the EK. Mm-hmm. I I didn't see a lot of guys in my years in Seattle do nope. that. Have open doors, have that kind of warmth and familiarity and and friendship.
3: That's the thing, Brock. It's warmth. Like, it's like we want Mm. you here. Come by, come to practice. Like, we trust you to be around the fellas and speak nothing but life into these guys. You don't have your own agenda when you're coming into this building. So, it's a warmth feeling. Come in, you're welcome. Have a good time. Whenever you want to come by,
0: that's really cool. And I'm sure if you were in any way missing it, catching up with a few of those guys a couple days before a Thursday night game when they're still sore from Sunday, must have been a good reminder of like, well, (laughs) it's also pretty good that I don't have to go out there four days later and play football. Absolutely,
3: absolutely. You just talk about the Thursday games and the turnaround. Just the turnaround is so quick. Like, like you said, guys aren't feeling good until Thursday. So now you got to double up on your film study, double up on your rehab, just double up on everything to make sure that when it comes to primetime football, you are in good physical condition, good mental condition to play a really tough opponent to come out victorious. And then you get the long weekend, get the long break, but to get to Thursday, it
4: is a challenge. What was the vibe yesterday amongst those players? The, you know, some of the, Frustration, obviously, is fans, and and I'm sure they're ten times more frustrated, their inability to stop the run. What was the vibe in the building?
3: Guys ready to roll. I I got that sense. I got that energy like, okay, we understand that we um, had a tough loss last week against the Panthers, wanted to get that one, but it's go time. It's go time. We know what it takes. It's this is type of game that it's going to take. Um, we just got to mentally go to a space to where we just got to dominate. It won't be perfect. It probably won't be pretty, but they understand this. We got to do everything possible. Take that extra inch, you know, the extra step, the extra gritty performance Come out victorious because it's going to be tough. But I believe that I got the vibe; like these fellas are ready to roll.
0: So, what is going on with this defense? And we'll spend you know the first part of this show today talking about that before Sherm joins us at eight thirty, and I'm sure we can ask him the same question. But w- what is going on? Is it scheme? Is it personnel? We asked Pete whether or not the scheme was good for the personnel, and here's what he said:
1: We have to fit the personnel to, to the scheme. You know, that we have to fit fit our guys into what we're doing, and, and we're trying to maximize. There was a time early in the year when we made a little adjustment that really made a difference for us and that that held together for, for a while and, and uh, you know we we hung with it and we had to keep adjusting and keep moving
0: So that was Pete yesterday saying mm-hmm. you gotta, you've gotta you got the scheme already you got to start making your That's personnel right. fit and then Clint Hurt today kind of went or yesterday kind of went in the other direction
2: You know you adapt things to obviously your personnel and what the things that they do well where they're most comfortable um, definitely don't have the <laughs> full onslaught of what we can definitely do we have to the things that the guys can handle is what we have available you know is what we'll put them in position to go and be successful
4: which is not oh fill in that blank for me by the way listening to it a second I d- time i didn't like that what did he what did he want to <laughs> say we definitely don't have uh, i don't i didn't I mean, like that. what i'm
0: hearing from people is they listen to those two cuts and heard this is listening to fans and listeners who have said yeah they're both saying they just don't have good enough personnel Dang, I didn't like
3: that. And um, I heard a little bit of excuses and, like, we don't have what it takes. I don't want to hear that. What are we in, week 15? You got what you got. It is what it is. Make it work. I don't want to hear we don't have what you got what you got. You make this thing happen. But do, you make... Make,
0: but do you make it work, KJ, by getting the guys who you have to play better in the scheme you have? Or do you make it work by adjusting your scheme so that the players you have can be put in a better position to succeed? You got to get out your own way as a coach and adjust your scheme
3: to fit the guys. But But coaches don't do that. Coaches don't do that. They they have their scheme. This is what we practice all OTAs. This is what we practice all training camp. We're going to run this. And unfortunately, we're seeing those those instances where the guys are just not fitting. Can you it. do
0: that in week 15 or is that something that can only be changed in the offseason? You can <laughs> I would I would like it to get done in week 15. <laughs> I, I would love it to get done in week
3: 15. But remember when we talked about, it, you just got to just make slight adjustments with don't just break down the foundation. Don't just tear up the core. Run your you got your baby, run your baby, but just move it a little bit. Just move it a little bit. Move guys here. The with the Carolina Panthers that's running the same play like fifteen times in a row. How about you take your front that you have and just slant the guys to the tight end? Move the guys to where the ball is going. It's the third quarter. You see what they're doing. Just change up new new things throughout the game to get guys mm. moving. Get, just change up the offensive of line, make them think a little bit. So you got to do something.
0: If you were, if you were the the defensive coordinator of this team, yeah, what would you be doing leading into this game tomorrow night against the Niners? We'll ask you that question when we come back. It's Brock and Saul. KJ Wright is here. Sherman, twenty minutes here on Seattle Sports on seven ten. SeattleSports dot Wyman and Bob later today. Yes, they will be on, uh, what time? 2 o'clock? Yes, stick around for that. Richard Sherman will be before that in 15 minutes this hour. Driven by Wayscar Ford, KJ is here. Asked you, KJ, what would you do if you were in charge of this defense? How would you make the changes necessary to try to fix this run game? As you think about the answer, I'll play you some Dave Wyman, speaking of Wyman and Bob, because Dave was asked a similar question and said, okay, what would I do if I were in this spot here's what he said well you know before you let me play this one for you
1: coaches are putting the players in bad positions you know and that's where you know it's on coaching i mean to me like i keep mentioning about the linebackers that it looks like they're attacking the line of scrimmage and like for two steps and then reading And then all of their momentum is stopped. And then, you know, they make a tackle and they get dragged for four yards or five yards or six yards. So
0: talks there about momentum and then was asked specifically, okay, what would you change on this
1: defense? I would just say, let's let's just make it real simple. Simplify it as much as you can so that there's no thinking. There's no options. There's no this. You know, I remember uh, we had we had a coach, Tom Catlin, that just used to say, you know what? If they run this play in this situation against this this defense that we're running, they're going to win. And, but we're going to give a couple of things up. We're not trying to – when you try to stop everything and you have a stipulation for everything, like, oh, well, what if they go in motion? Well, what if they cut back? Well, then we have to do this, and then we have to do that. If yeah. you have too many exceptions, then all of a sudden you just go, we're making our guys think too much.
0: What do you think? What, what, is that
3: how you Dave, see it? Davis, and, Dave is spot on. Yeah. And great minds think Like I was also talking to another linebacker buddy of mine. Hope you don't mind me telling him, but Lofa Tatupu. Mm. And um, he said the same exact thing. He said, San Francisco is going to come out in 21 personnel. 21, that's two backs, one tight end. For these linebackers, you want these guys playing fast. And the best way for these guys to play fast, when you got two backs in the backfield, hey guys, what we're going to do is we're going to load the box with eight men, and we're going to play man-to-man coverage. Wherever those two backs go, that's where I want you to go. Where this versus a run, downhill, versus a pass, that's how you can become aggressive. So I played in the, against Kyle Shanahan. It is very hard to have linebackers play his run game and also play the pass game when it comes to zone coverage. So let's man up. Hey, Ryan Neal, tight end, Cody, and um, Jordan, you got the backs, and let's go play ball if go downhill versus the run, if they run a perimeter play, you run in the perimeter with them. And um, I believe that's what I would do if mm-hmm. I was a play caller to get these guys aggressive because versus the play action is going to hurt us.
0: Are they are they pausing? Are you seeing that where they're they, sort of pausing? Th-
3: th- that's, yeah, that's what they're, this is what acts of them to, to, you know, to... You know, two gap. You got to have a A gap here. The, the running back bounce. You got to come to the C gap. So they are playing hesitant. That's why you're seeing the lack of the, the TFLs, the lack of going downhill because of what's asked of them. And then you got the back end where you got to get deep as well. So get these guys going downhill. Let them play aggressive and fast.
4: Hey, so because Sherman's joining us here soon, uh, we're going to give these tickets away. Yeah. You want to do that?
0: Yeah, we do that quickly here. Uh, We will just make it simple today rather than listening to something KJ said and spitting it back. We'll just go. What was Sherm's number? 25? 25. Number 25. By the way. Of all of the guys who had their sort of interesting thing, they would do whenever they would be introduced to the home crowd. I still think Sherm's was the best. I love Sherm's. It's just the the airplane turn all the way around in a love circle. Sherms. It's back. It is. <laughs> it it's was my smooth. favorite. It was and by the way, I love Cam. It's not a shot at anybody else. They were all great. Yeah. <laughs> but something about that, just like taking it all in moment, I yeah. I always really enjoy. It just
3: it just got. A, I remember when they would just all stay and wait till they got introduced. Yes. And all the DBs would stay and break it down. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good.
4: Okay, so number if, twenty-five, number twenty-five. Do you want to go uh, two plus five? Seventh, call seventh or caller. Seventh caller. Or yeah, yeah. Do let's that. go. Let's go. Seventh. I don't
0: want to make anybody answer twenty-five different nah. phone calls. So yeah, let's go. Seventh caller. Two plus five is seven, and uh, yeah, seventh caller. We'll give you tickets to go see the Seahawks and the Jets New Year's Day at Lumen Sala. How about that?
4: Okay, KJ. So Shannon's a smart dude.
0: Uh, in Blue 88, I
4: was saying I think he and McVeigh are the best offensive play callers, just yep. constantly a step ahead. Yep. So he knows with all these struggles that the Seahawks have, he, and and his people listen, and and they've got the ear to the stone. They hear that Clint Hurt cut and everything else, mm-hmm. and I think he's smart enough to know. Then okay, they're going to play man to man. They're going they're going to put eight in the box, and they're going to play man, and they're going to come at us. Ooh. Who does then Thursday night, tomorrow night, that burden the most? Who's the Seahawker to defensively then, KJ, in this matchup? If you're going to live in that world of man-to-man and you're going to play eight and you're going to come downhill and we're going to eliminate the thinking, who does that put the most burden of responsibility on?
3: That puts stresses on whoever's guarding George Kittle. It puts stress on him because he's going to block sometimes and he's going to release and you have to have eyes on him. You're going to be by yourself. There's going to be no help. Jay won't be there to help you. And so I'm assuming it's going to be Ryan Neal. Ryan Neal is going to have to be extremely extremely disciplined with his eyes your eyes don't leave number 85 Hmm. your eyes do not leave him they stay on him you're glued on george killed him puts stress on him and then you go to whoever's covering iuk Um, i'm assuming either mike jack and um he's got a man up man up stand up this is what you want cat coverage you got this cat there's no playing deep to short lock his lock his tail up that's that's your guy and so on they put stresses on the guys that's playing man-to-man coverage but you got to stop the
4: run, so we got to put this stress Ooh, elsewhere. I'm getting a little goosey, bumpy <laughs> over here, huh? You, yeah. you feeling what I'm feeling on prime time? You a little action green. Do you? Hey. By the way, do you like that action green tomorrow with the navy blue pants and the action green I, top?
3: I love it. That's why I got my one
4: hand. Do you love it with hand. the blue
0: pants? I love it with the blue pants. Really? See, yes. more was saying that too. I gotta say, I'm a typical. So you much know. better than all green. I like yes. the all
1: green. I like no. the just
0: green no. on green. No, the whole no, no, thing. no. Those go big guys. Or go
4: home. Those really big guys in all green? uh uh-uh. We know what it is.
3: It's the green socks that, that messes it up. It's oh, the really? lime green socks that makes it looks very ugly. Yeah. Oh,
0: I didn't realize that. The socks. Like the elf time. socks. <laughs> like, come on. I want to talk about the guy for a moment who's wearing the all green shoes uh, on Sunday, and that's Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Very noticeable as you're there in the building. It's like, oh, this one guy's got bright green shoes. And Gino has impressed us in every turn this year. We wondered whether or not he'd be able to do it in the two-minute situation. Certainly, a week ago, he did that. Yep. And my other question is, how would he handle adversity? How would he handle a bad game? How would he handle a game that was sort of his fault, or yep. he didn't play all that well, or the team played like garbage or whatever? And I got to tell you, of all the things that I've been impressed by with Gino this year, and there's like a million of them, yeah. his answers yesterday might have been as impressive as anything I've heard. I just loved this.
3: To me, I think I've been too aggressive as of late, and so I've got to kind of get back to what I was doing early on, which was just taking what they give me and uh, allowing you know, us to have a complimentary football team, and we all play together and uh, not feel like we're just trying to push the envelope or trying to you know, push our limits and see what we can do because we know what we can do, uh, but we got to stay on schedule.
0: I love that. It's pretty great accountability. I
3: love that. Own up to it. It starts with you, number seven. It starts with you. Um, it starts with those interceptions. And um, you take do what got you there. Just do what got you there. It's, it's December football. You don't have to make things up. Just do what <laughs> got you to this point. And um, you're in prime position to reprove yourself versus a tough 49ers defense. They're gonna they're gonna be humming. They're going to be humming. If you can come out take what they give you, they're gonna be in that quarters coverage. They're going to play aggressive with Fred Warner and um and Greenlaw. Hey, just just hand the ball off. Just, hey, get the ball to DK. Methodically drive the ball down the field. Take your shots to Goodwin deep. And so it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to see how he responds off of those two interceptions he put up last week.
4: Richard here in just a couple minutes. Do you think the Seahawks can get this done in prime time? Oh, it's,
3: it's going to be a battle. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be a battle. Um, San Fran has no holes in their team. I'm just calling, calling a spade a spade. They have no holes in their team. They have a run game. They have a, a third-string quarterback who's just playing. You know, he played well last week and just throwing where, where Kyle Shanahan tells him to throw it to. The defense is creating turnovers. They've gotten two interceptions. No, they've gotten four interceptions the past two weeks, and um, they're playing fast. They they look scary right now. So it's going to be a very very tough matchup. Well, they
0: sure need it. I mean, this is this is the big opportunity, yeah. right? I mean, you yeah. beat San Francisco, and all of a sudden, this season is right back on track, and, yeah. and you got a real good shot at it yeah. with three weeks left to go. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, KJ is here, of course, as he is every Wednesday at eight o'clock. Thanks to our friends at the Muckleshoot Casino Sportsbook. But Richard Sherman is going to join us next. We think. I mean, we assume, right? You coming. Coming. Sherman's you, in. You nervous? Did coming. you tell him I was on the show, and he still said yes?
3: That's my guy. He, he loves me. He loves me enough. Was there was there a negotiation? He loves me enough
0: <laughs> <laughs> to hop on the show. I will admit, I'm nervous. I told KJ I was a little nervous about this, and I'm a little nervous about this. But uh, Richard don't Sherman. Don't come on here
3: apologizing and asking why you blocked me on Twitter. I'm not apologizing yep, to him. Uh-huh.
4: No, I told
0: you I'd apologize And don't to
4: Doug. go soft either, okay? Yeah, yeah. He, you go compete. Well, you, you want, want me to fight with Sherman?
0: I'm not going no, to do that. Just go compete. going to be a welcoming host, and Richard Sherman will join yeah. us. We're
4: not here
3: to make headlines.
0: Next. <laughs> This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from six to ten
2: on Seattle Sports Station.
0: Well, I don't know that we thought this would happen, Brock, but here we are, Brock and Salk L Sports on 710, and KJ Wright, of course, in the building for the KJ Wright Show every Wednesday at 8 o'clock, and we've been having some fun talking to some friends of KJ mm-hmm. over the course of the last few weeks. Nope. Brandon Mebane came on, no, nope. and uh, while I was nope. out, Malcolm oh, yeah, Smith yeah. came nope. on, which was great, uh, but today you got a special guest for hey, us. Hey, let me, i got to do this introduction
3: properly. Yes. We have a legend coming in the building, coming straight out of Compton. <laughs> Making his way to the prestigious Stanford University, drafted in the greatest draft class ever, the 2011 draft class, in the fifth round to the Seattle Seahawks, five-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro husband, father. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in Richard Sherman. (laughs) Sherman,
2: Sherman, what up, Beth? What up? What up, Beth? Yes, sir. How you living, man? You know, always better when I'm talking to you, brother.
3: No doubt, no doubt. Thank you, man. I got to ask you, Shane. We, we came in together, got 11 years. We went out together. Now we on the other side, man. I had a moment yesterday. How are you enjoying the other side without football?
2: I'm having a blast, Ken. Yeah. It's easiest job I've ever had in my life. I can do the soccer game. I don't gotta cover nobody. I don't gotta stop nobody. I just gotta critique people and tell people how it should be done. Yeah,
3: now, now Sherm, when you do critique people, are you getting a little, little pushback with the fellows? Like that's the OG. Whatever Sherm says, that's that's how it is.
2: I mean, you, you don't get much pushback. You know what I mean? You got credentials. You know what I mean? I <laughs> got, got, got the resume. I wish you would. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you yeah. know. It's a, it, you can't. You can't critique Tom Brady. That's about
3: it. Exactly. 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 So, Sherm, I, I gotta ask you, man. I think I think you know this, but I want to make sure that you fully understand this. That when it comes to the city of Seattle, you are truly loved here, and people look at you like you are a living legend, man. I just hope you understand that. But just tell me, man, when you take it back? Explain what was that experience like playing in Seattle, playing with your brothers, and just playing in, like the Legion of Boom days for this franchise.
2: Well, it was a blast, and you know, you know that. You know, every mm-hmm. every game, we had a routine. Uh, you know, I had to tell Ken that we was in here again, and, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we, it was a blast. You know, the brotherhood. It was, you know, it, it went by in a flash. It did. Um, it did you know a lot of discipline, a lot of, a lot of heartache, a lot of headache, um, mm-hmm. a lot of sacrifice from a lot of people, and and that's what people don't understand. You know what I mean? People also don't understand. I almost played for Sylvester Croom in Mississippi State. Hey, you should have came
3: down, down to Starkville now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, sure. And we sure appreciate this, man. Thank you for hopping on with Salk and I and KJ, who has just been an absolute star for us this year. Best hour of our week is every Wednesday when KJ uh, comes in with us. But KJ did share. He said, you know, yesterday he had one of those moments where he was down, where it just kind of hit him that he's not playing football anymore. And he had to go to the VMAC and hang with his guys. Uh, your first year out. Have you had any of those kind of moments like, man, this is a very different world than the one I did for the previous two decades?
2: Well, not 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 um not a ton but mostly because I'm around the game every week. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm still in the stadiums, I'm still, you know, dealing with the crowds and dealing with the teams and talking to the players and so you get a bit of it. You know, I still hang out with a lot of the guys and uh that we've had, you know, relationships with, you know, we go to lunch, go to dinners, um play basketball on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? So so I get a bit of that. Uh But I think that's the only reason why is because I've still been in the stadiums and around the game and you get the smells of the locker room and the the conversations and, you know, things like that.
3: Yep, and Sharon, we got a we got a big time matchup. We got the Niners this week, man. I remember getting that phone call when you were leaving, when you were getting released and um, off coming off your Achilles. That that hurt. Can you um, can you explain like what led to your departure, leaving Seattle, and what was it about the Niners? Like I want to go play for this franchise and you know take on my eighth year in the NFL. Well,
2: well, Kenneth, well, Kenneth got fired. You know how that. And yeah. it was my day off. You know, just like right <laughs> You got fired on your day off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and getting getting fired wasn't the worst part. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Coming off the key you know, major injuries, you know, it, it, it's like insult to injury when you when you get when when they fire you in the middle of rehab. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so so then it's kinda like it's kinda purposeful. You know what I mean? It's kinda like they're trying to put you behind the eight ball. Mhm.
3: Mhm.
1: And
2: that- so uh so Honestly, um, when when the news first came, came down the wire, San Francisco and Lynch was the first to call. I mean, literally, the, the moment they could, the moment it was legal for them to communicate, I mean, yeah. 12 a.m., that that night, they called. Right, right, right. And so so to have that kind of, you know, to uh, have a team, you mm-hmm. know, that obviously didn't want you, mm-hmm. you know, that you had sacrificed for, that you had, you know, battled for all this time, and then a team that, that just had a different respect and appreciation for you, you know, to call you as soon as it happens yeah, yeah, yeah. with all the circumstances. You know what I mean? You, you have a certain respect for that. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, all right. Appreciate yeah, and, that.
3: And Sherman, you was representing yourself. There's no agent to call. They talking to, to Richard Sherman. What is it like sitting at that table negotiating millions and millions of dollars face-to-face coming
2: off of an Achilles injury? I think, I think it's more intimidating for the teams than it is the players. Really? You know, I think that – it was. It, I had a good time. You know, it was me, mm-hmm. my wife. Um, you know, yeah. I had a few lawyers um, yeah. to look over the deals. But it was a good time, man. It was, it was a good time. You learn a lot. You deal with the PA a lot. You deal with the lawyers a lot and just right. deal with a lot of verbiage. But what you find out is there's a lot of standard verbiage in a lot of these contracts. So it's not a ton of work. It's not a ton of, like, maneuvering, especially when you have an established player – and established value, um, mm-hmm. yep. it's like, you know, you got the injury and you got to work around that, mm-hmm. but it's always a way, a means to it. You know what I mean? It's a way to get there.
0: Yep. You know the voice, Richard Sherman uh, with us here on Seattle Sports on 710. When you went elsewhere, first to San Francisco and then Tampa, what did it teach you or what did you learn about the differences between those places and what you had seen here in Seattle?
2: Well, well, First off, first off, I remember when I exited here, and and I remember some some words from you, yeah. Um, that were that were a lot different than than I had heard when I was here. So you know what I mean? It's, it's a little different. I'm gonna ask, answer the questions from Brock and KJ, but but we're gonna excuse you out of this.
0: <laughs> well, so sure, first of well, all, that's just not true. I mean, like the words you heard from me were actually pretty similar to what you had heard while you were here. You just maybe didn't hear them.
2: Yeah, because I don't listen to your show, but yeah, again, know, that's you, fine.
0: I'm not asking you to listen, but the words didn't change. I didn't say anything different when you left from when you were your here. Excuse from the interview. All right. Well,
2: sorry, not well, really for, work
0: that way, Sherm. This but, is you know a show that has my name on sad, it. It kind of
2: does. It kind of does, though.
0: No, yeah. not but, really. How this works, man. But, uh, sorry for you for
3: your dog for your dog for your dog. When, l- l- yeah,
2: that's oh, that's the only reason I'm
3: here because the
2: KJ. Well, like, I, I right? appreciate that, man, but, the I, thinks, but the man thinks he can like. If you've got an issue, you can feel free to talk, to talk the about it. KJ, not because of you. So well, I understand That's that. Me. If you've got an issue,
0: I'm happy to talk through those with you, man. If you've got a problem, yeah, something you want to talk about, you.
3: I got, it, I got it. Yeah, real quick, real quick. Let's last question here, Sharon. When you see this matchup, Niners versus the Seahawks, Shanahan versus Coach Carroll, what are you predicting when you're on the sidelines Thursday night?
2: Well, I predict Geno's going to Geno's going to have his. He's going to have his hands full, the O-line will be, you know, obviously 49ers defense, or run defense, you, you know all the rankings. But mm-hmm. he has the receivers. He has the capability to, to play better. I remember the first time they played him after the game, Pete was like, hey, I didn't unleash Geno. I didn't let him throw the ball down yep. the field. That's my mistake. That's on me. And, and ever since then, Geno's been on fire. So that'll be cool to see, you know, mm-hmm. how that, that, that changes the matchup. Uh, defensively, they've got to stop the run, man. They've given up like 200 yards a game over the past four. So that has to change, yep. you know, that has to, it has to get fixed. And I keep Absolutely. telling people they need to go back to eight in a box and just, you know, let the corners, they got good corners, yep. let them stand up and let them do their job.
3: Go to Frisco, go to Boston. Exactly. Let, let's, let's play ball
2: and let's play ball. Gap sound out, Al Wood, you killing in there, but you waste them because you, mm-hmm. you trying to do this two gap stuff and like, let everybody own their gaps and, Let them play. Let's go play fast. Two hundred yards a game.
3: (laughs) Let's go play fast. And and, and so, so your your prediction is going to be a tough matchup. And what what you see when it comes to Shanahan with what he like, I played the man. He was tough. What do you see offensively and what he's going to try to do to the Seahawks team? he's
2: going to try to run the ball because he's Mm -hmm. seen that work. You Mm -hmm. know, they're going they're Mm going to do inside zone. They're going to do mid zone. They're going they're going to run a lot of the plays that Seattle has struggled against. Yep. you know it's a copycat league So yep. you see you see them struggling with something you're going to see it again
3: yep, yep, yep. Um, and, and defensively they's going to be the same with, with, with Gino just back in they're going to do their thing stop the run make Gino beat them
2: yep yeah they're going they're, they're going to make Gino beat them i mean they, the Seahawks just haven't been running the ball well either yeah. the time of possession they've been almost getting doubled. that's why Gino you know people are like what's happening to Gino well The other team has 40 minutes. He has 20 minutes. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's not as much he's
3: going to be able to do. And I I hope they pay the man after the season. I believe he has earned it. So we shall see when when
4: free agency hits what they do with him. Hey, uh, hey, Sherm, can I just say one thing, man? Uh, You Mm -hmm. guys had an amazing brotherhood, right? We just heard it, and we're still feeling it, still hear it with you and KJ and all the guys. They're all going to be in the ring of honor and everything together. Salky and I have had a brotherhood for 14 years. And mm-hmm. I, I understand it. You can have beef, not like some of the things that he has said. And, but I think you'd also ask K.J., who spent 13 weeks with us. And I think K.J. would tell you, like, Rich, he's pretty good. I mean, he's pretty good at this job, pretty good at what he does.
2: I, 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 can, I can respect all that. But I, w- what I can't respect is the man is, is what he said. So if I don't have a respect for him, and I'm not going to deal with it. Is and it? I came on the show to deal with KJ. I would have never right. come on the show. What okay. is it that? What is, is it KJ that you're upset about? What what KJ.
0: what comments are you upset about?
2: So, without KJ being on the show, I'd never come on the show. Okay. So,
0: all right. Well, all right. Well, thanks sorry, for coming sorry, on. I appreciate I'm you. I'm sorry it didn't go the way uh, the way it could have. But there you go. Love there you is up. Richard Sherman. Uh, who uh, apparently is thinking about me more than I would have guessed? Uh, Richard Sherman joining us there, and uh, yeah, that's uncomfortable. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That's an uncomfortable moment that I wasn't necessarily expecting. But hey, hey K- what are you K- going to do, KJ?
4: What is that? Yeah. What What do you think? What do you? I, I, we know Richard. I mean, he is. Yeah. You know, to to the end, he's going to fight. You know, you told the story earlier this year yeah. in that Atlanta game where he's just not. You know, if he's got his his mindset. What, what do you think that is right there? What, what, what did Salk? Cause Salk, I don't know if you said anything that I didn't say or anybody yeah. else didn't say.
3: Right. I mean, any, any time that, time that I bring my brothers on this show, I want it to be, I want it to be good. Like mm-hmm. I do this because I love it. I want to bring my guys on here to talk football and reminisce about the good old days. And so I never want them to come on the show and, and it to be like that. Right. Like right. that was, that was I, I did, I did not want that to happen. Yeah, And, um, I believe, like, when it comes to you, Salk, um, I mean, you, you're in a position to where you voice your opinions. You voice your opinions. And I remember when I first came across Salk, I was like, who is <laughs> who is this guy making all these opinions? Who does, who does he think he is? And I had that moment via Twitter. That's when I first encountered you. Mm. And then um I met you in person. We met at the event and I was like, Okay, you know, he cool, he chill. And um you'd asked me to come on the show and I was like, Okay, let me get this guy let me get this guy shot. And um ever since we've been on the show, you've voiced your opinions, you stated it, didn't always agree, but this is what comes with the territory.
0: Mm-hmm. And so um that definitely sucked well and, and i get it man look look it happens in this business i mean like you are going to make people mad unfortunately and and i'm not ashamed of that i don't you know if he could point to something that he said that i said that he felt was unfair look i'm happy to go back and i've said i'm sorry and rethought things i've said over the years it is challenging to talk for 4 hours a day and some of the things you say and and sometimes later you regret them yeah, I, I, I've said some things about Sherm that I think are critical, and I don't take really any of them back. I mean, yeah. I, I do think that he was a Rule 1 violator. I do think that the things he said about Pete Carroll were unfair at the time. I do think that he was somebody who wouldn't take responsibility for his own actions at times. And I had no intention of bringing that stuff up today. I wasn't interested in a gotcha interview with Richard Sherman. I mean, I can show you my notes. I could print these and put them out there. I mean, you and I texted a little bit beforehand. I was curious about his time here and, you know, his great moments. And if there was anything he regrets, it doesn't sound like there is just based on on that. But (laughs) Um, yeah, it's a bummer. i'm I'm sorry he feels that way. I, I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know that anything I would have said would have been personal, right? Mm-hmm. Like I try not to name call and that type of stuff. And if I did, geez, I would certainly want to take that back. Yeah. but I, I don't know. I mean, Sherm's a, a polarizing figure, just as I can be at times. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you are polarizing and when you say things that not everybody else is are willing to say, Mm -hmm. it's going to draw a level of brushback, certainly when there's criticism from someone. And look, I get it. I never played the game. Not at that level. I mean, I played in the worst high school football league in the country. We went 0-7, right? (laughs) I mean, like we were terrible, and I was not a particularly good player. I -hmm. I get that frustration. Mm -hmm. But That's the gig. I mean, like, we talk about sports and and we talk about what the players are doing. Mm. And, you know, that's a bummer. I'm sorry he feels that way, but I guess I'm also not that surprised.
3: Yeah, and I I think even even with Brock, like, you're in a position yourself. Like, even you're a former player, but you voice opinions. If you had instances where – you know, you've had guys block you. Like, oh, I don't like sure. Brock. What, what, mm-hmm. what is, what is Hewitt got to say now? Oh, he's a big mouth. Well, you're going to, you're going
4: to learn this, KJ. Uh, you're going to learn it. Quick little story time. And I didn't think this would be, be the avenue that we would go down, but you'll learn this the more that you want to do this. And, and KJ, I'll break news on you. Like my agency reached out to me yesterday and said, mm-hmm. Hey, this KJ Wright guy is pretty good. Huh? No kidding. Uh, yeah. I said he's, he's really good. So, uh, I don't know, you know, where all this will take you down the road, but you're going to do this for a while. And the longer you do it, you're going to come across these moments where you're like, okay, mm. am I going to really share what I feel here or am I going to protect myself? Yeah. Uh, am I really going to put this out here or, you know what, is is—is there just you know more harm than good that can be done with sharing this story or sharing this opinion? I had a football coach one year later, so I'm doing a game. And it's the end of the game. It's Michigan for somebody else. I don't want to totally share the name and everything, but but it was an amazing game. And they get down to the one-yard line. I'm like, well, assuredly, you're going to run the ball. They've just ran it 14 times. Yeah. You're going to learn from Marshawn Lynch. You're going to run the ball. And they don't run it. It's incomplete. It was a great play. The guy's open. So fast forward one year later. I go into that coach's office, and he and he just did what Richard did. Like, this is a, this is a college coach. And I'm trying to answer, ask some questions, and he is icing me. Like, yep. mm -mm." I'm like, not talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, what? What is going on? You know, and I'm kind of looking at my producer, and he's kind of, you know, play by play. Like, and finally, I just had to say to him, like, hey, coach, like, is this about last year? He's like, yeah. Yeah. It's about last year. You you didn't, you you thought we should have run the ball. I'm like, coach, it was a great play. He's like, was he open? I'm like, yeah, he was open. Yes, but but I'm paid up there in that moment to give you my opinion, to give you my gut, to give you yeah. my instinct and it may be wrong it may be wrong yeah.
0: and you may have thrown it and, yeah, and won and, the game. And, and Brock, I guess that's why I'm willing to not get upset at Sherm right now and he has every right to be mad. Yep. if I have every right to comment on what he says and or what he does. He's got every right to be mad at me, which is Mm. why I I don't I don't take that that personally, even though it is a a sort of personal comment. He's mad at being criticized. He thinks that I was, you know, more insulting or whatever after he left than when he was here, which I I don't know if that's entirely true. I mean, you know, I think some of those same criticisms started while he was here and certainly, you know, continued after that. But Mm -hmm. So, Look, I get it. I, I'm not mad at him. I yeah. get that. I totally understand why he would feel that way. He so, gets to.
3: So when you're doing this job, is there a way that a, the delivery can be better when it comes to critique? Well,
4: here's the best thing that I'd ever heard, KJ, and I think, Salt, you were there at the breakfast we had with a consultant, okay? Uh, Rick Scott, great guy. Been at it for decades. And they, or maybe we were at that good deli in Factoria. I think that's where we mm-hmm. were. And I asked him that exact question, and he said, what do you say into this microphone? Mm. And I was like, hmm, that's, that's pretty good. Like, are you willing to say, cause a lot of people will times, and, and you'll find this KJ and, and some that will just mouth it into a microphone, but be totally unwilling to say it to their face. Mm-hmm. And that guy you're sitting next to, KJ right there, he would be willing to say everything that he said about Sherm, whatever those, those things were at the time, mm-hmm. right? A rule one violator, calling out Daryl Bevel, calling out Kumbaya meetings, calling out Pete, scorched or, He would have said any of that right to his face. Which is remarkable in why, actually, Richard, <laughs> you know, th- those two are – you are wired somewhat similar. Cause I Richard, think that's Because Richard would say it right to people's face, and he said it to your face, KJ. Right, And he'd it to Pete's face. I'd be and both
0: a rule one and a rule two violator, though, because <laughs> I could definitely want, what is it, no whining, no complaining, no excuses? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm definitely a whiner and a complainer sometimes, so I feel uh-huh. like I'd be a rule two violator. Yeah, so yeah. you'd be
4: well, willing, KJ, to say it right to their face, which I think if Sheldon Richardson heard your comments earlier this year, you'd have said, like, yeah, Sheldon, <laughs> like you didn't do your job. Yep. It made
0: and, my job harder. And that's a good comp. I think if Sherm was here, though, he'd say, yeah, KJ can say that to Sheldon Richardson because they both played the game together. Yep. And yep. Salk, you're a talking head, and you don't get to talk that way about it me yeah yeah and um, And i'm putting words in his mouth maybe that's not what he would say but my guess is that's what he would say yeah and um so we fast forward to (laughs) Doug and Doug Baldwin
3: (laughs) how's that that gonna be worse yes me knowing listen listen i'm I'm a smart guy yeah i know my brothers very well the, what I just went through for about four or five minutes—you <laughs> don't do that again. I'm not gonna sit through sixty minutes of that. And I'm not through sixty minutes.
0: And I totally—I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, that seemed very uncomfortable. And by the way, I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. Uh, great. So you and I have made each other very uncomfortable <laughs> over the course of this show over this year. Her, like trauma bonding. I know. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that, KJ. I didn't. I didn't, no, no, I didn't no, think no, it no, would no, no. go that way. So my apologies mm-hmm. uh, to you. The difference I ho- would hope, and it, it doesn't mean it's going to happen or that it should or that you should go through that. I don't feel a need to apologize to Richard Sherman because I don't feel like anything I said was wrong. He may not like it, but I don't think that it was necessarily out of line. I think that I've said some things about Doug that I've learning over the course of the last year may have been flat out based on bad information and Mm -hmm. bad takes on my own part. Mm -hmm. And I would be willing to pass along. I don't need to talk to him. I'm willing to pass along that feeling, though. And if you feel like being an intermediary, I'd be happy for you to do that. And if you don't, that's fine also. I feel like I've learned quite a bit in the last year about the Seahawks during that time. And because of it, I feel differently about things Doug said, did, et cetera. And because of that, I would be willing to say I'm sorry. I would be willing to say I think I got this wrong. I don't necessarily feel that way about Sherm, and I think he just kind of proved why.
3: Yeah, and I, and I believe that in the midst of conflict, in the midst of even in life, and even in like in general, you could have conflict with somebody, but what makes you get over the conflict is the relationship mm-hmm. between the players. And I feel like these guys don't know you. True. They don't know who who is Mike Sauer. They look at you as like a guy that's on the radio mm-hmm. that's just— talking and bashing us Mm -hmm. and so i believe that if i came on the show and said the same exact thing like okay i know cage i may not like it like like that's some bs what you said about me but we can overcome this. because you got a relationship and we could talk as men and Mm -hmm. just we can we can move past this
4: well it's interesting because one of the other alphas on that defense we've done that with Right, and th- and that being Bobby Wagner, mm-hmm. yep. who you know, I- I'm sure, I- and I know, and Bobby had a hard time, and he said it right to my face. I was in a production meeting, KJ, before one of the preseason games, and Bobby's like, "Yeah, basically, I'm not going to talk to some of the people in this room." So, I mean, I I understand where he's coming from, but you know, then you DM, and then you actually make a call, and you're like, you know what, I- I'm going to call him, and I'm going to talk to him because we're grown men, and we can talk through this. Yeah, but I think with Sherman there, and he said it right at the beginning, so He's like when we asked him or KJ, you asked him, Hey man, how are these guys handling your criticism? Cause he gets on there yeah. and he does what what he's paid to do to be an opinionist. And what was his answer? Well, man, I got the cred. Like I got the, <laughs> I got, mm-hmm. I, when you're one of the greatest to ever do it, you know, like, yeah, they, they may not like it, but they respect my opinion. Cause I did it. Yeah. And that's where I think you gotta be careful too. Yeah. And you know what? The man that passed away yesterday at 61 in Starkville, Mississippi, that man never played a down of college yeah. football that man never played football mm-hmm. right but he was an unbelievable influencer in his mind in his brain and shaping the game and the air raid that he brought and the impact for decades so if all you're going to base people on is well if they've been there and done it then i'm going to show them respect if they haven't like yeah hollow words be careful because yeah. there's some of the greats to ever do it that never played a down at the collegiate or professional level as well
3: yeah yeah and um so yeah, learn learning lesson. I think <laughs> for 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 myself and for, for what is it yeah.
4: called, Justin? A trauma bond? Is that what trauma we just all had? Trauma bond. What yeah. is that? You what know, is You, know, a
3: tra- you just both go through a traumatic experience, and now you're bonded yeah. because this is you know the the beauty and the unbeauty of this. This is live. <laughs> like dang, I was like, babe, I was like, babe, you handled it with grace as always. Yeah, yes. and I started mumbling. I, I like asking the same question twice. I was like. <laughs> What do I say next?
0: (laughs) KJ, you're a rock star, man. Thank you. you Uh, Again, sorry that you went through that. That was not uh, (laughs) certainly anybody's intent. Uh, But, you know, these... these these things happen. That's part who, of the game. Mar, who won? Who won the tickets? Let's move to that. <laughs> who won the tickets? Somebody named Richard. It's very strange. Uh. His, his, his name is Scott and Waschugel. But the only reason he won these tickets is because a guy named Colin in Auburn said he would be unable to go. He wanted to pass the Christmas miracle on. Oh, to someone. So, he called wow. in, but then didn't want to he go. He's like, oh, it's the first. He's like, I'm still traveling. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know what? Oh. Christmas spirit. You give it to wow. somebody else. So, Colin, what a stud. Very nice. Scott who won Waschugel. All right. Well,
4: thanks, KJ. Thank
0: you, KJ. Uh, do better next week. This hopefully. is when you and
4: Salk spit in each other's mouth or you cut each
0: other's blood. Yes, become we've become blood, blood, we become blood brothers. You <laughs> never know what will go from yeah. here. We're
1: going to regroup. We'll be right back. It is Brock and Salk on Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com.